The Money Podcast with your hosts, Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about money. Today, we are talking about another touchy subject, and that is electricity. It's something we absolutely hate to pay. However, we cannot go without that. So, Justin, let's talk about electricity and how much electricity have increased in South Africa. Yeah, look, I mean, the price of electricity has gone up astronomically over the last couple of years, especially the last decade. And I mean, we'll refer to some stats in a while, but I think the thing that's got everybody concerned is besides the increase in the cost is the fact that even though the cost has gone up significantly, we're unable to generate enough power to keep the lights on. That, of course, is a major concern. The other thing is that, Davi, there isn't transparency in the actual pricing structure. Now, I did a video on this on uh, my TikTok profile. I was breaking down why the electricity pricing is so complex in South Africa. And it is a very, very complex thing to understand. You need to understand that there are different kinds of customers. So for example, you have commercial, industrial, residential. Then you need to understand that there are different ways that customers get built. They get built directly from ESCOM. Some instances they build to municipality and then from municipality to customer. Then you have prepaid, you have postpaid. Then you need to understand you have different block pricing. So it's a very complex pricing model. And so the problem is understanding what the actual base cost of electricity is in this country is a very difficult thing. And that concerns me as an individual because I think there is a lot of hidden pricing in the current electricity pricing structures. And I think there's a lot of money going in places where it shouldn't go. But more importantly, I think the question on everybody's mind is with the cost of electricity having gone up as much as it has, Why are we sitting in a situation where we are having rolling blackouts across the country? We are unable to meet demand in the country. And we accept that we are a growing nation. We accept the fact that, you know, we've got aging power stations. But with all this extra money that's being pumped into uh, the power utility, we should be meeting this demand. And, you know, David, there's a lot of things that people don't know about ESCOM. For example, you know, that ESCOM is in the top 20 power utilities worldwide in terms of installed generation capacity. I'm not saying that they're actually producing, I'm saying installed. And the fact is that a lot of those units are offline and that's that's a question that we need to be asking. Now, I saw that recently ESCOM came out with a statement and said, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to go build new stations because they believe that privatization in terms of bringing supply to the grid through private enterprise is going to be the way to grow this thing. And I totally agree. Yes. I mean, if, as soon as you start allowing private sector to, to come in, I mean, you, you're allowing a bunch of entrepreneurs to come and make money, you know, and <laughs> it I, always works. I've said this from day one. If you want to solve the problems in the country get the politicians out of the business and let let private enterprise get in and do their thing it's a simple thing Davin. i've said this so many times and i'll probably be chastised for this statement by some politician but he has the simple fact we have government in a situation right now where they are setting the rules of the game they are refereeing the game and then they're playing in the game that's not how this should work this is not how it should work government must get the hell out of being in the game they must focus on creating the rules and potentially refereeing the game but they shouldn't be participating in the game at the same time and so this is the problem we have and this is why there is a critical problem in our soes in this country this is why there is a problem with power generation in this country this is a problem why electricity is not only expensive but unavailable and i would argue that the true cost of electricity in this country is not the fact of what it costs per kilowatt hour is the fact that it's unavailable and it is costing private enterprise in this country an absolute fortune in lost revenue 
No, I completely agree. So let's get to some of the stats because we actually pulled up some stats um, going into this episode. Yeah. I mean, that was absolutely crazy. From 2007, Justin, to 2021, electricity have gone up by 753%. To put that into comparison, inflation is up 134% during the same time. So that's more than six times the amount. That's just absolutely crazy. I mean, 753%. Where did the money go? This is my question. That that is the big question. Where did did the money go? go? You know, and so we've got these fat, overfed, overindulged politicians running around on taxpayers' money, you know, running around giving out contracts to their cronies and their friends for the supply of coal, giving out, you know, multi million rand, billion rand contracts for stuff that never gets produced. And at the end of the day, you know who suffers? The little old lady sitting at home, the person who needs their ventilator to work, but there's load shedding, the hospitals that have to go and install generators and pass the cost of that onto their patients. And we can go on and on and on and all day. Davi, I'm angry. I'm angry that we've allowed this situation to continue. And so as much as we're talking about how to save money on electricity, we have to be talking on how do we save the electricity grid? Because the true cost of electricity, the true discussion we need to be having is the fact that, yes, electricity is expensive, but the true expense is not having it. And that's where we have a problem. Do you know how much productivity is lost by not having your, your lights on, by not having be able to access the internet, by not being able to go in and work? The amount of downtime this country is experiencing, we cannot afford it and remain globally competitive. And that is a problem. Yes, your average entrepreneur suffers from it because now all of a sudden he can't go about his daily business. You know, He cannot provide the services that he went into business for. And that's not fair to the average person. David, goes deeper than that. Forget about the entrepreneur. Let's go to the average person who wants to do a day's work. Their job might not be around in a couple of months' time because companies cannot continue to produce a profit when there's no electricity to keep the lights on. So it means that the average person's job is in jeopardy. It goes beyond the entrepreneur and just simply making money. It goes to a much deeper level. So the true cost of this electricity issue that we have is the fact that we don't have consistent supply. And here's another stat that's really alarming. According to ESCOM, listen to this. They generate more than 90% of South Africa's uh, power, okay? I don't know where the other 10% comes from, but apparently 90%. This is according to ESCOM themselves. And according to the power utility, they generate an equivalent of 40% of the electricity on the African continent. Wow, okay. Okay, 40%. Now, i ask a humble question. We have given you 700 and what was it? 750% more money in the last decade. Where is our money where is our money? That is the question we want to be asking. I'm sick and tired of seeing people being overpaid to do a job that they're not doing. We've been paying salaries to these people to go out there, right, and provide us with power, and instead they're buying themselves fancy cars. Instead, they're sitting and having very nice indabas and meetings, and I don't know what they're spending the money on, instead of providing the basic service we're paying them to. And here's the problem, right? We're now sitting in a situation where we're all crying over the price of electricity. But the real problem is, the real problem, whilst we're all trying to save money on electricity, the real consumer of electricity in this country is the industry. It is industrial users. It is your mines. It is your smelters. It is, it is commercial buildings. How many office blocks do you drive around during the middle of the day that have all their lights on? How many, how many businesses do you drive around in the middle of the night have all the lights burning? But then we're as consumers being told that we have to turn our lights off at night because we're the problem.
Yeah, no, of course, you know, and it, it's actually such simple math. If you could just feed your electricity through the grid once again, the problem is no one wants to do that because you're getting paid absolutely nothing for that. That's, such a, oh, that's already such a quick fix, but yet they're too greedy to do that because they know it's going to kill their own profits. We need a change in legislation. We need to privatize the electricity grid, and I promise you things will become much better for the average consumer. That being said, it's not going to happen anytime soon. There's lots of talks. Obviously not. There's lots of talks on the cards. There is a lot of people pushing forward for it. There is some political will from with inside ESCOM. I've been listening very closely yes, to some yes. of the stuff they've been saying. But in the short term, let's talk about what actually costs the most in the home. Now, you know I've been doing an interesting series on TikTok. I've been measuring what it costs in rands and cents to run individual appliances in the home. And, man, I've got some seriously interesting data. And because I'm a really weird guy, a couple of years ago, I took a spreadsheet and for two and a half years, I ran a spreadsheet on every single appliance in the house in rands and cents and figured out where my money was going because I got tired of asking electricians and people who came there supposedly knowing what they were talking about and asking them where's my money going because I was looking at taking my house off the grid. I was looking to go fully solar because I was gut full of ESCOM. I was gut full of the whole situation. I remember you still showed me that spreadsheet of going solar, what it will cost you. And it didn't make sense at the yes. end of the day because, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is simply changing consumption habits, simply changing a few things in the home will reduce about 50% of your electricity consumption. That's the first thing. So that means you need 50% less investment into a solar system if that's your objective. Secondly, by the way, this is a really funny story. I have to tell the story because, you know, I, I like to paint pictures for people so they remember my stories. I put a solar geezer in. And I called the guy back one day and I said, there is a problem with this whole solar geezer idea. And he said to me, what's the problem? I said, if you shower in the middle of the day, solar geezer is a perfect idea. Hot up there, hot down here when I shower, right? But if I shower first thing in the morning, cold up there, cold down here when I shower. Oh, so it's not heating up then? Well, there's no sunshine in the middle of the night, right? So, so even, I wake ra- up, even wrapping a blanket, one of those no, blanket things around, doesn't, it work. doesn't work. You wake up to a cold shower in the morning, right? Ouch. So the point I'm trying to relay here is very simple. Simply moving towards uh, solar is not going to solve your problems. So I decided I need to figure out consumption. So for two and a half years, I recorded every device in the home. And it comes down to a very simple thing. Heating and cooling is where your money goes. Anything that heats or cools costs you money. So I drove my wife insane. Every time she switched on the hairdryer, I said, that's two rand for every five minutes. <laughs> every time you boil the kettle, 44 cents for a 1.5 liter kettle. 44 cents for a 1.5 liter kettle. So if you're making two cups of coffee, please only put two cups of water in because that thing is costing you money. About 600 rand a year if you're boiling that thing a couple of times a day, right? Your geezer, by the way, is the single biggest consumer of electricity next to your stove in your house if, you, if you're if on an electric stove, okay? Yeah, that's funny. So I just installed a generator in my house. Yep. The first thing they told me was, listen here, whenever you put this thing on, turn your stove turn. and your geezer off. 100%, right? And here's the other thing. You want to save money on your geezer? Listen, if you're showering at, let's say, for example, your comfortable temperature to shower at is 50 degrees. Let's assume it's 50 degrees. Please don't run your thermostat at 60 degrees and then go shower and mix in cold water to shower. That's just stupid. You're paying for an extra 10 degrees. You're wasting money. It's like going and paying an extra 10% at the shop for everything. It doesn't make sense. So what I suggest you do, turn your thermostat to a little bit higher, maybe 52 or 53 degrees, and don't mix in cold water for your showers. It's not 
logical. Doesn't make sense. Okay, so now I need to ask you this question since we're still on the topic of geezers, right? Yeah. So a lot of people argue that, well, they turn their geezers off in the morning and then in the evening they turn it back on. Does that really save you money? Because in my head, it works like this. It works like a kettle. It's, it cools down, but now all of a sudden it has to work extra hard in order to boil that, that water or to get it up to that degree or 52 degrees or whatever again. So does it really save you money or does it not save you money? So I've had this argument with every electrician to the point where I eventually ran an experiment, and it depends. So if you are a single person and if you are living in, let's say, a cold climate versus a warm climate, or if you're a household of people versus a single person, you're going to get different results. Okay, because the amount of cold water you put into the geyser, back into the geyser after usage, will also determine an outcome. So there's a lot of variables. So let's assume you're a single person, and let's assume you live in a relatively warm part of the country, right? Chances are putting a timer in on the geyser is probably going to save you money because the ambient temperature of the geyser will probably stay more or less the same, especially if you wrap it in a geyser blanket and you insulate all your pipes. You're going to try and keep it the same. But in the exact same scenario, if you have a family of four, but you're in a slightly colder part of the country and you're emptying out 180 out of the 200 liters and you're replacing all of it with cold water, it's probably not a good idea to use the timer because what you're going to do is you're going to make the maximum draw on your element, which means it's going to draw the most amount of power, which means that you're not keeping it at an ambient temperature in terms of the element, which means it's going to draw the most amount of power and you're going to consume more power going on timer versus no timer. So to answer your question, there are a lot of variables that goes into that answer. So it really depends on the situation. But generally speaking, your best bet is to make sure your geezer's wrapped in a blanket, make yes, sure your yes. pipes are, are wrapped as well and insulated. Well, that, that's what the guy told me. In my, in my first place that I bought, I installed the timer, but I didn't have the blanket. Yeah. And I got the guy back, back and I told him, listen, yeah, this thing is not working. He told me, well, it's because you don't have a blanket over it. So you can't it, have it, one without the other. Yeah, so you, you need to have this blanket. And the blanket is pretty cheap, right? Correct. But having said that, if you're a family of four, you're wasting your time. Time is not going to do you any good because you're replacing pretty much a whole geezer with cold water all the time anyway. So like I said, there's a lot of variables that go into that answer. But the general rule is the timer thing's a gimmick. Okay, so in short, heating and cooling elements. That basically saves you on electricity. Try and use as less as possible of those yeah, those so same thing as air conditioners. You know, what we do in our home, we've got five air conditioners. Instead of running all five when it's really hot and we have really, really hot days, we run one air conditioner in the house and we open all the doors between the rooms, close every single door, every single window, and we just run one air conditioner, right? Yeah. And we get the same results within a couple of within a couple of hours. No, that makes sense. So guys, if you want to check out the videos that Justin put out, he did a bunch of them, basically any appliance you can basically think of. And if you want to know how much each of those appliances actually cost you in electricity, you can go to his TikTok profile, simply go to TikTok and type in Justin Harrison, or just go to Google and type in Justin Harrison TikTok, then you will see um, his handle. It's Money Tribe 21 right? Money Tribe 21 Come join the tribe, come subscribe. You've been listening to The Money Podcast. To get access to our future episodes, please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Global Money Academy.